Welcome to the Daily Brew. My name is Jordi Retzerson, and you're listening to the ninth Sports Roundtable podcast of the Stanford Madden's basketball season. As I was talking about, uh, Arizona State is undoubtedly the biggest disappointment of the Pac-12 this season. I mean, as we listed off the guys like Christopher, Martin, Verge, and Bagley, like how is that team one in four in conference play right now? They're on a five-game losing streak. Hello, everybody. Teddy Solomon alongside Els Boone and Jabril Taha, and welcome to the Stanford Daily Men's Basketball Podcast. Today, we're going to be recapping Stanford's game against UCLA. We'll be looking ahead to the upcoming road trip against the Arizona schools. We'll be doing an extra long around the Pac-12 segment, given that it's been a crazy week in the Pac-12, and we'll finish it off with our postseason projections. But starting out with this past weekend games, last week we previewed the upcoming games against the LA schools. Well, unfortunately, right before the game against USC, there was a positive test, which ended up being a false positive within the USC program that got that game postponed. So Stanford only played UCLA, but that UCLA game did not disappoint. So I'll start with you, Jabril. Can you give a quick recap of that game? Well, what a game. We go into it, find out about half an hour beforehand that Stanford's going to be missing three starters, Zaire Williams for personal reasons, and then Bryce Wills and Dejon Davis for knee injuries. So going into the game, 60% of your starting lineup against the team that was 8-0 in Pac-12 play wasn't too much hope for Cardinal fans. But then they came out and put on a show with, uh, with being such a beat-up team. Uh, into halftime, Cardinal had an 11-point lead in the first half, but the defense gave up 13 points in about two and a half minutes. Went to half tied 27-27. Second half, sort of the same game, always staying within five points. Both teams were in. You never know who was going to take the upper hand. And it ended up tied after regulation as well. And then in overtime, Stanford had a six-point lead with a minute and a half left. Ended up blowing it, giving up a layup, an and one to Tiger Campbell with just over with just about 15 seconds left. They drive down the field, have an inbound with 0.8 seconds left, down one. Michael O'Connell finds Oscar De Silva under the hoop, who puts in the layup for the buzzer beater, and the Cardinal take a one-point home win in overtime against UCLA, handing them their first Pac-12 loss of the season. So obviously an incredible game. A lot happened. Els, what are your main takeaways from this game? Yeah, I'm going to be honest, uh, kind of like Jabril, going into the game, I did not feel good about this one. Stanford being down three starters and three starters who really uh, come up with a lot of points just did not feel well going into the game. But Stanford came with the intensity they needed. They were really sharp on the defensive end, probably their best defensive performance since earlier in the season when they had all five starters playing consistently. And really, I think Stanford wins this one handily if Johnny Juzang doesn't just go unconscious from the floor in the first half and go eight go for 18 points in that first half. Uh, but really, it came down to the play of Oscar De Silva and Jaden Delaire. Oscar with 26, Jaden with 19. Delaire's been playing really well recently. He's finally playing with some aggressiveness, and I think he is going to be a really great player, uh, especially next year when he can take over for Oscar. And another player I want to mention is Lucas Kasunas, who we've really only seen in limited minutes so far this season but he gave the Cardinals some great minutes played 33 minutes this game 9.7 rebounds uh, he did some great he had some great play in the paint and I think was a pretty big reason why the Cardinals were able to come away with a win absolutely so last week we were talking about these upcoming games and I had suspected that Stanford would lose to USC beat UCLA because of that that matchup situation and USC obviously having a dominant front court with the Mobley brothers with that being said I did not expect Zaire Williams, Bryce Wills, and Dejon Davis to be out. So coming into the game, I was skeptical like both of you. I did not think Stanford had a very good chance. But the front court did what it needed to do. 
Oscar De Silva with 26 points and nine for nine from the line. It was an incredible performance from him, of course, ending the game in the end with that buzzer beater. So it really is impressive what he was able to pull off here. And then Dallaire, Dallaire with 19 points. That's what you need from a guy who's going to have to step up as some of the key players, three of five starters are out of the lineup. So it was a it was a great performance by Stanford, a key win. I think a win over a ranked team, a team that is easily projected to be in the NCAA tournament is just what this Cardinal team needed because they had only one, I'd say, great win heading into this matchup, which was that opening day game against Alabama in the Maui Invitational. This is a key win for Stanford in conference play later on in the season, and it's going to be huge down the line. Jabril, do you have anything else to add about this UCLA-Stanford game? Two more things I'd like to point out. One, Spencer Jones. I mean, this guy looked like a little hurt throughout the second half of this game, and he was laboring. Coach called him, said after the game that he was hurt, and he was an absolute warrior out there. Gave 38 minutes, got 13 points, six rebounds, and four for eight from the field, two for three from six. And also another thing I'd like to point out is free throw shooting on both sides, really. Stanford shot 20 for 24. That's something we're not exactly used to seeing from the Cardinal. Oster De Silva went nine for nine from the field. And those, And in a one-point game, that's the decider right there. Cardinal shot the ball well from the free throw line and ended up putting them on top. Absolutely. And one last thing that I want to add about this matchup is that the freshman contributions in this game were not really there. Of course, the top freshman, Zaire Williams, wasn't in the game. But Michael O'Connell did not have a very good game, two for eight from the field five points despite starting and playing 41 minutes and then guys like brandon angel max merle they did not have good games noah tates as well noah tates played 18 minutes scored only one point oh for two from the field both of those being three-point attempts so it was a tough day for the freshmen but the front court and the experienced players that were in this game they really stepped up for a key win for the cardinal now moving into the week ahead, we're going to be previewing Stanford's upcoming road trip against Arizona and Arizona State, starting out with Thursday, January 28th, the game against Arizona at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Jabril, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on that matchup? Well, it's part two of the Stanford-Arizona series this season. Uh, Stanford ended Arizona's 20-game winning streak, I believe, against them earlier in the year uh, at home in Santa Cruz. Uh, Arizona is currently 11 and three, five and three in the conference right now. Stanford is also five and three in the conference. And although Arizona has self-imposed a one-year postseason ban for them, this game obviously has big implications when it comes time to determine who gets first-round buys in the Pac-12 tournaments, which is always nice. Uh, so some of the highlights of Arizona's season so far: they have they got a nice win over Arizona State the other day, a double overtime win against Washington State, and a win against Colorado. And then the last weekend, they lost to USC, both USC and UCLA at home. So really, this is a good Arizona team, not a great Arizona team. As we mentioned, Stanford already took care of them earlier this year. But Stanford is missing, who knows, coming come Thursday. We need to find out what Stanford's roster looked like before we can really get a good sense of what this game will be like. So hopefully Stanford will get at least two of those guys back and Cardinal will have a pretty good chance of taking this one. And Els, what are your thoughts on the matchup? Yeah, this matchup is going to look very different from when the two teams played on December 20th. Arizona, of course, missing Jamar Baker, who exploded against Stanford last time they played. But Stanford probably going to be without Bryce Wills, who played that whole game, and Dejon, who actually got injured against Arizona last time. And we still don't know about Zaire. The jury's still out there. 
So this match is going to look very different for Arizona. James Ikinjo is going to play a large role. And the, fr the two freshmen, Ben Matherin and Azulis Tubel, have been playing really well recently for them. They really didn't play a big role in the game when the two teams played last time, but they've since come on in a big way for Arizona. So a team that's really playing differently from when Stanford won last time. Stanford's going to need another big defensive effort if they want to come over the win. And I think, I think Stanford gets it done, of course, depending on who comes back. But even if all the three guys or Stanford aren't going to play, I think Stanford has what it takes to get the win. Yeah, well, Jabril, I really like what you said about this Arizona team being a good team, not a great team. Um, and we've seen that a lot throughout the season. Of course, them getting swept at home against the L.A. schools. Um, those were some important games for them. They weren't able to pull out the victory. But against Colorado, a 14-point victory, I've, I've been saying for the past week or two that it's looking like Colorado seems to be the strongest team in the conference, in my opinion. But then Washington beats them. You really don't know. But that's a big win for Arizona. Also, I usually wouldn't have called this a big win, but a 34-point road win against Oregon State, Oregon State, a team that's been really hot recently, it's very promising for this Arizona team, especially considering that they are without Baker for the rest of the season, and they have this postseason ban. That's, of course, going to reduce the amount of drive that the team has, whether it be minuscule or not. Um, when you have a postseason ban, it doesn't make you as driven to win the conference and continue to win conference games. Of course, they'll still be trying their hardest and doing their best. They had a big win against Arizona State that was looking a little bit shaky for them in this past week. This Arizona State team, this Arizona team can play. And as Els said, they have some very good freshmen. Benedict Matherin, he is a phenomenal player, averaging over 12 points per game. As a freshman right now, he's going to go on to be really, really great. But I do consider this to be somewhat of a rebuilding year for Arizona, um, especially given that they have these freshmen. I like Dalen Terry, too. I think he's going to be really good in the future. Um, but then these guys who haven't really played together, even though a lot of them are experienced, a lot of transfers coming into the program after the loss of key players from last year, like Nico Mannion and Max Hazard. So I think it's going to be an interesting game. I would expect Stanford to win this game. I would be surprised if it turned out any differently than the last matchup went. Of course, Arizona being without Baker. Stanford likely to be at, be without one or two of their key players. Um, it's going to be a close one, but I've got the Cardinal coming out on top. But with that, let's move into Saturday's matchup, which is also going to be a great one at Arizona State. And I'll go to UL's first for that one. Yeah, so this is a team that Stanford has not played yet. In Arizona State, we've talked about a lot in the past few weeks, a team we think is very talented. Coming into the season, they were at least my number one uh, in the Pac-12 rankings. And this team is now finally fully healthy. Everyone's playing again. Remy Martin is back after he missed a few games for personal reasons. He leads this team. And they also have two very talented freshmen, Josh Christopher and Marcus Bagley, who are projected to be first-round picks in June's NBA draft. So I think um, if Stanford doesn't have if Stanford's missing the same three people as they were in the UCLA game, I actually think that Arizona State will pull this one out. They've lost a few games recently, and I think they're just going to come out really hungry trying to get a win and really jumpstart their season. I think it might be too late to jumpstart their season, but they're definitely going to try, and I think the Sun Devils will win this one. Very interesting. And Jabril, what do you think about this matchup? You know, I was, as I was talking about, uh, Arizona State is undoubtedly the biggest disappointment of the Pac-12 this season. I mean, as Lee listed off the guys like Christopher, Martin, Verge, and Bagley, like how is that team one and four in conference play right now? They're on a five-game losing streak, albeit the last two games were a one-point loss at Oregon State and a two-point home loss to Arizona. But still, this team is at the bottom of the conference right now. 
Now, as Els mentioned, they're incredibly talented and really on my radar, like I think that's a team that could get hot and end up stealing a bid from an at-large team late in the year in a Pac-12 tournament. But that's for a few months from now. But in this game, I think Stanford's, they, they're just, Arizona State is really talented and give Stanford a real handful, especially if they're playing some inexperienced guys, if they're beat up, as Els mentioned. I actually like Stanford's chances in the Arizona game better than the Arizona State game. Also, this would be the second game of a road trip, which is always more difficult because of fatigue. So I actually like our chances in the Arizona game better than the Arizona State game. But all in all, Stanford needs to find a way to get one of these two road wins. It'll help them. It'll Getting one of these wins will, at the worst, keep them where they are right now in the March Madness uh, projections. So as you guys have said, we were very high on this Arizona State team at the start of the season. I know that I thought they were going to win the conference. I continue to think that they are one of, if not the most talented teams in the Pac-12. And I also believe that as we get to the Pac-12 tournament, they will be as likely as anybody to win that conference tournament. We've seen in the Pac-12 that the bottom of the conference can eat up the top. And Arizona State, while they're sitting near the bottom of the conference, is as good as anyone. Josh Christopher, he's the guy that I like to focus on because he is so un he's such an unbelievable player, averaging 16.6 points per game as a freshman. The guy is just phenomenal and he's going to cause a lot of issues for Stanford and then Remy Martin who has not had as good of a year as he did last year I'd say he was the favorite to win Pac-12 player of the year coming in now maybe I would say that McKinley Wright's a little bit more likely to win that title and a couple other guys who are strongly in contention there um, but he's still averaging 16.7 points per game he's still the kind of guy who can come out and just score 35 on a random day because that's just what Remy Martin does he's an unbelievable scorer this team is so talented and I'm with I'm with Els on this one and that I think Arizona State's going to win it and I think it's probably going to be around a 10 point victory for the Sun Devils so it's going to be a tough road trip I do think Stanford can win the game at Arizona. I think they can win the game at Arizona State. But if Arizona State plays anywhere near where their potential is, they're going to beat the Cardinal this week. Now moving into our Around the Pac-12 segment, it's especially interesting this week because of what happened in the past week. Anarchy is how I would describe it. But Jabril, I'll go to you for a recap of this past week in the Pac-12. Well, you could describe college basketball most weeks as anarchy, but the Pac-12 especially this week fits that term. Uh, it started off Tuesday night, actually. USC went to Oregon State and lost by two. I mean, what an upset there. No one expected that coming. And then maybe even another bigger upset the next night where Colorado loses at Washington, who, against who are in most analytics, is by far the worst Power 5 team in the nation. So two of the Pac-12's best teams getting knocked off by teams who were expected to be at the bottom of the conference early in the year. Yes, they were road games, but still massive upsets. And then later in the week, of course, uh, UCLA losing to Stanford, missing three out of five starters is quite the surprise based on the context of that game. And Oregon State finds a way to end Oregon's 28-game home winning streak, going into Eugene and getting an 11-point win. Yes, Oregon didn't have Chris Duarte and LJ Figueroa, Will Richardson's coming back for injury, but still a win not very many people expected. So really big time wins from teams that were expected to be at the bottom of the conference, especially Oregon State this weekend. Definitely. And Els, what do you have to add to that? And where are the standings at right now in the Pac-12? 
Yeah, so basically heading into this past week, you feel like a lot of the second tier Pac-12 teams are just waiting for UCLA to slip up in some fashion. And really all the teams behind UCLA ended up slipping up uh, and, and UCLA slipped up too. So really that had no effect on UCLA whatsoever in the standings. They're still number one at eight and one. USC is behind them six and two. And that second tier really, Oregon hasn't played enough games to really know where they would be at in the standings. They're four and two. They've played two or three less games than the other teams. So it's it's a really interesting situation looking at the middle of the table, basically. Oregon State has joined Stanford and Arizona in that middle spot, and Washington picked up their first win. So you can't uh, say that they're a guaranteed win anymore on in a Pac-12 conference. So I think that was pretty interesting. Absolutely. And looking to the week ahead, there are going to be some really interesting games. I would say that the highlights of the week are going to be the Oregon schools against the L.A. schools. And usually we would just be talking about Oregon taking on UCLA and USC. But this Oregon State team is on a three game win streak. They took down Arizona State, USC and Oregon back to back to back. And if anyone had told me that in the preseason after losing Trace Tinkle, the all-time leading scorer at Oregon State, I would have been absolutely shocked. I would not have believed you. But this Oregon State team is playing well. So those matchups are going to be very interesting considering that UCLA and USC are sitting at the 1-2 spots in the Pac-12. Those are some dangerous games for them, and it's going to be extremely interesting to see what happens. Then the Stanford games against the Arizona schools, of course, are going to be are going to be very, very good. And Colorado, we're going to see if they get tested this week. Um, they've got their games against uh, Utah and Washington State. Washington State's a team that hasn't been playing great recently, but does have some talent is on a rebuild and they're looking to play well. So I'm interested to see if Colorado can avoid any more upsets because I was really high on them when they were sitting in the top 10 in the net rankings before losing to Washington and what was a really bad loss for them. The bottom of the Pac-12 in general is eating up the top. And if that keeps happening, it could be very bad for the conference. It could result in less bids or at least lower seeding in the NCAA tournament. A win like Washington, uh, like Washington over Colorado is definitely not a good win for the conference in general, but it makes things more interesting because the top of the conference can lose to anybody. And this conference is anybody's game because you could see Washington winning the Pac-12 tournament. I don't expect it, but it could happen. Such a crazy conference. You guys have anything else to add about what's going on in the Pac-12 in general right now? Okay, well, with that, we'll move into the next segment then, talking about postseason projections for Stanford. A huge win against UCLA. Els, where do you think Stanford's postseason possibilities stand right now? Yeah, well, right now, I feel like most projections have them in the last four in category, playing a play-in play game as either an 11 or 12 seed. And I think the UCLA win definitely helps boost them up in the bubble a little bit, maybe getting them out of the last four in Um I think that's that's really good overall for the program, but this Arizona week is going to be very key for them. Ha they have to at least split the Arizona schools. Um, either way, they can do that. If they get two wins, that really, I think, firmly gets them off the bubble, especially being down three players right now. And if they can get all three back and start, and start building up some momentum, you know, the sky is really the limit for the rest of this Pac-12 season. And Jabril, where do you think the Cardinals stand? Well, coming into the UCLA game, it was about a 50-50 split among bracketologists, whether or not Stanford was on the right or the wrong side of the bubble. And the UCLA win obviously moves them into the tournament. I don't think there's any question about whether if the season ended today, they would be in the tournament. Now, whether that means they would be playing a play-in game or getting a, getting a bye to the first round, I don't know. 
but currently Stanford is in the tournament and they really right now, not, the team shouldn't think like this, but us as fans are thinking, really just hold our ground, don't suffer any terrible losses until we get to full strength. And then this Stanford team just needs to really just take care of business the rest of the way and they'll be in the tournament. Right, last week I was very doubtful about whether Stanford was in the tournament at all. I think they were slightly out. Um, but after a big win against UCLA, this Cardinal team should be solidly in right now. As you said, Jabril, looking to avoid really bad losses in conference, which we see happened quite a lot in the Pac-12 for these top teams, especially this past week. But the Cardinals should be solidly in. They didn't have a win that was proving they were tournament caliber until this game other than the Alabama game. So the Alabama game was the first game of the season. Alabama is a team that I think could finish in the top 10 in college basketball at the end of the season. That was a huge win, but they weren't able to replicate that until this UCLA game without Zaire Williams, without Dejon Davis, without Bryce Wills. So it was a huge win, a win that put the Cardinals solidly into the tournament in my mind. And Splitting the games at Arizona, it's going to be key. You guys have said it all podcast, and it's really important. You have to beat Arizona or Arizona State. A road loss against one of these schools is not the worst thing. It's not something that removes you from the tournament. But getting swept puts you really on the bubble, I'd say possibly from the outside looking in. So we'll have to see what happens this week, and we'll be able to make another assessment next week. Sounds like all three of us right now think that Stanford's in the tournament. But with that... It's been a great podcast. We got a chance to talk about a crazy win over UCLA to preview the upcoming road trip against the Arizona schools. An insane week in the Pac-12. That around the Pac-12 segment was really exciting this week. And talking about how now we think Stanford is in the NCAA tournament. At least for now, things can change very quickly in college basketball. Make sure to tune in next week and follow us on Twitter at SUMBB Podcast. With that, I'm Teddy Solomon alongside Els Boone and Jabril Taha, and thank you for tuning in to the Stanford Daily Men's Basketball Podcast.